0: Hi, it's Pete Norsted here. Welcome to round 30 of the newly started again Premier League. And uh, as usual, I'm joined by Jimmy Kempton. How are you doing, Jimmy?
1: Yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Peter. I've uh, gone for a run this morning in the rain to try and get myself match fit for the weekend's games. Feeling good. What did you think to uh, last night? I think it's...
0: I don't know. I, I'm not so keen on the. I, I definitely am not keen on it without crowds. I, I and I, I started watching it with the, you know, the fake crowd noise, and that just started irritating me. So I do prefer the natural sound.
1: Really, you have the natural sound. Didn't Mrs. Nordstedt uh, object to all the swearing?
0: Uh, no, I, she she was watching Star Star Wars.
1: <laughs> probably best. Some of the language I heard that came out was uh, probably not best <laughs> for uh, family viewing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's and I think we've got some interesting lines this week as well. And and I think there's there's a few games with value, but let's go through it. Let's Kick this off then. Well, tomorrow evening, well, early evening, Norwich versus Southampton. Norwich have won the only meeting between the two sides in the last five meet, uh, seasons. At home to grade C sides, Norwich's record reads 1-5, drawn three, lost two. So not bad. They're coming off a 1-0 defeat away at Sheffield United. Southampton away at grade D sides, not bad really. 1-6, drawn one, lost three, car for a 1-0 defeat at home to Newcastle. Norwich, they've only lost one of their last five home matches So they have been fairly resilient at home Southampton lost four of their last five Premier League matches So they're in a bit of rocky form at the moment When we have a look at grade D sides Hosting grade D C sides over the last five seasons 173 matches 49 home wins, 53 draws, 71 away wins. I think with the current line, there's some slight value Norwich. I don't see Norwich uh, losing the game, to be honest, but I'm not sure about
1: the risk versus the reward. Well, it's interesting you say. in terms of, say, recent improvement, I mean, we're going back three months ago, but Norwich have improved of late on home soil. And, and it's interesting because at the beginning of the season, when their games started at Carrow Road, we saw lots and lots of goals. Didn't tend to win many games, but they were more exciting. Now they've sort of gone a little bit more defensively and they're getting results. Um, I mean, at the start of the campaign, over two and a half goals landed in the first five games and went nine and one in the opening 10 games at Carrow Road. So I can see why this goal line is set at two and three quarters because under Ralph Hotel, 14 and 11 to Southampton on the overs, But only seven of those 25 games have seen four or more goals. And I think we saw in both of the games on Wednesday night that there's a bit of a feeding out process when these teams are returning to the field. And if you're going to have a slow first 15 or 20 minutes, as soon as the goal line is over two and a half goals, I think you're going to do really well to cash an over. So I'm not sure I can trust it for great stakes, but I do quite like the unders here, Pete, the under two and three quarters. Yeah, yeah, that, that that could be a, a, a reasonable bet there. I think. And I suppose as well, we've seen in recent weeks as well, um, money has come in for the overs in the Bundesliga games because these are all standalone games. So it might be worth keeping an eye on that line and the price.
0: Next up, uh, a big match really uh, Spurs against at home to Man United. Uh, recent head, Spurs have had the bet that they've won three. There's been one draw, United have won one. At home to grade B sides, Spurs' record is not bad, but well, a little bit mixed actually. One five, drawn one, lost four. They're coming for one old draw away at Burnley. United away at grade B sides, one three, drawn three, lost four. And they're coming up a, a very good two nil victory at home to Man City. Spurs they've lost two of their last four home matches. They they haven't got going at that at, at this new stadium yet, really. Man United won three of their last four Premier League matches before we close, they they're in some good form. Grade B against grade B, hundred and nine matches, forty three home wins, forty three draws, twenty three away wins. At plus a quarter now the line is. It was off scratch. Spurs of good value here, I believe.
1: Yeah, I have to say, Pete, when this line opened off scratch, I was kind of attracted to United because they they were going into the break in good form. Under Solskjaer, uh, their record against top six sides is really good. Now, I know Tottenham sit eighth in the table, but I would consider them more of a top six side than a top half one if you're going to really assess them and try and drill down into the specific characteristics. And obviously United have got a lot of praise in the last few weeks and months about the work they've been doing in the community. And obviously we've seen what Marcus Rashford has done, fantastic work with fair share and getting the government to change their minds with regards to the uh, meals for children. And that's, that all sounds quite nice and quite bloody liberal and everything. But what it does do is engender a feel-good factor. And Manchester United look to be a team going in the right direction, whereas what you say about Spurs, Pete, and their struggles on home soil, I think United have the edge here, but there's no value since they've gone to minus quarter of a goal favourites. Under two and a half goals is 10 and two in those 12 games for Solskjaer against the top six equated sides. And if games are going to start off slow... We know Sol Sharp, not Sol Sharp, uh, Mourinho will want to look for excuses to be defensive. The lack of match sharpness will give him that excuse. And I think this is going to be a really cagey game, Pete. And this is going to be one of my bets of the week. And it's under two and a half goals. Watford, Leicester next.
0: Um, Watford have won three of the four meetings between the two sides. Leicester have won the other one. At home to Grade B sides, Watford's record, not bad. 1-4, drawn 2, lost 4, come off a 1-0 defeat away at Palace. Leicester are away at Grade D sides, 1-6, drawn 3, lost 1, come off a 4-0 victory at home to Villa. Watford, they've just won one of their last seven, and that was a 3-0 victory at home to Liverpool. You can't believe it, can you? What a <laughs> strange game this is. Leicester, they've won just one of their last five. Again, it's, that's that's a little bit strange, really, and that was that 4-0 victory at home to Villa. Grade D against grade B sides, 102 matches, 16 home wins, 26 draws, 60 away wins. This line has moved from uh, minus a quarter Leicester to minus a half Leicester. I thought Leicester were reasonable value minus a quarter. I don't like it minus a half. I don't either.
1: And I'm really sort of strained here in terms of what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And obviously that's the case in every game, but... My gut feeling is that these kind of sterile games will suit the really well-coached teams. And this is what Leicester are. They're an incredibly well-coached team under Brendan Rodgers. They play to a certain style, almost robotic. And I don't mean that in a negative way. As I said about Man City as well, they move the ball the way it should be moved in in a set pattern. And, And they open up spaces... In an almost machine-like way, whereas teams like Watford look to leverage the crowd at home to try and get something from the game, to try and get more energy into the performance when they're playing against a superior opponent. I have to say though, Pete, now that this goal line match lines moved to half a goal, I'm almost tempted to take Watford purely on the fact that since Nigel Pearson took over. They're 4-1-1 at home. And I know these are unusual home surroundings, but it's still their home ground. Leicester are in that sort of no-man's land at the top of the table where they're probably going to get Champions League. And if they drop points here and there, it's not going to matter. Watford are scrapping for their lives. It's going to be a game-time decision, Pete, but I might just take Watford.
0: Next up, Brighton against Arsenal. Uh, Brighton uh, uh, have won one. There's been one draw and Arsenal have won naught of recent seasons. Brighton at home to grade B sides. It's not too bad, actually. They've won three, drawn four, lost three, coming off a nil-nil draw away at Wolves. Arsenal away at grade D sides, won four, drawn five, lost one. So when these sides have faced similar opposition, nine of the 20 games will be draws. They are cut off a, that three-nil defeat away at Man City last night. Brighton drawn six of their last nine again. That says you everything. And Arsenal drawn six of the last eight away. So, you know, everything, everything is pointing to the draw here. Grade D against grade B, 102 matches, 16 home wins, 26 draws, 60 away wins. I think the value is with the away side, the Gunners, but there's no way you'd take that risk versus reward on that. This looks a draw to me.
1: Well, under normal circumstances, Peter, I'll probably agree with you. But I, I do have a certain feeling about Arsenal moving forward in terms of Mikel Arteta has clearly signalled that he's going to go for youth. He's going to play lots of youth players. um, going to blood them, try and find out what he's got in that squad ahead of the summer. Mesut Ozil left out in midweek for tactical reasons, which I think the explanation was very bizarre. Will he come back this weekend? If he does, then this kind of game in these sterile atmospheres away from home will suit him. If you think they're going to be without Louise, granite jacker for this game. If you're going to play lots of experienced, sorry, if you're going to play lots of youngsters, you need really good experienced players to help guide them through the game. And Arsenal don't have that. So I think they're going to be very hit or miss, Arsenal. I think they may put in some really incredible performances where everything goes their way. And then they may put in some shockers, and I'm not quite sure what, what you're going to get here. All I do know is that Brighton have always seemingly found a way to score against them. Scored in the last four, yes, on both teams to score, landed in each of those games. So I'm going to take the yes on both teams to score here, Pete. Because I don't think Brighton are good enough to stop Arsenal from scoring, but I certainly think that Brighton will find a way to to breach the his backline. Mm. So yeah, the yes on both teams to score at three to four with Bet365.
0: Yeah, I thought the game was interesting last night. I thought Arsenal started quite well. But it, having said that, I thought Manchester City started poorly. So, not much to read off that. But yes, yeah, we, we should Yeah, and,
1: and the, the thing is as well, um, you know, Arsenal so much confidence based, start they, Pete? If you'd imagine if yeah. they'd taken the lead last night, which yes. they probably could have done from one of their attacks, yeah. it could have been a different game.
0: Yeah, yeah. West Ham versus Wolves next. Sweeping bum time. Rear this now for West Ham. West Ham at home to grade B sides. 1-3, three, drawn three, lost four. Come off with a 1-0 defeat away at Arsenal. Wolves away at grade C. Again, mixed 1-4, drawn three, lost three. Come off a 0-0 draw at home to Brighton. West Ham, they've only just won one of their last nine Premier League matches. That's ominous, to say the least. Wolves lost just two of their last 12 away. They're resilient away side. C against B. 219 matches, 64 home wins, 44 draws, 111 away wins. Despite those stats, I think there's some slight value, West Ham plus a quarter. But this is going to be a
1: tough, tough few weeks for West Ham, I think. Definitely. And they're going to have to hope that all of their better players remain fit and injury free because they're going to need them. It is, as you say, a, a real uphill battle for them. Now, this West Ham interests me because they're one of the few teams that I thought would really benefit from not having their own... Fans in front of them cheering them on. Because ever since the move to the London Stadium, the perception in my mind is that they're terrible on home soil. But actually, they're not as bad as you think. They've won 27, drawn 17 and lost 27 in front of their own fans. So that record isn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. But Wolves have won each of the three meetings of these two teams 1-0. And they won here, obviously, last year in September. Uh, Both teams should be motivated for this game. And and it's very difficult without seeing any of these teams step onto the field, how motivated they're going to be. But you have to expect West Ham's players in their heart to have more motivation coming back after this break. Because a lot of them have got their careers at stake here. They don't want to go down. If they do get a transfer, they want to transfer to a better team and to stay in the Premier League. It's no reason to back West Ham, though, just the fact that you think that they want to win because every team wants to win. I do lean towards West Ham. I lean towards the unders, but it's with no real conviction, Pete. Saturday
0: nights, BBC offering Bournemouth versus Palace. Uh, next, um, recent head-to-heads really sort of summed this up a little bit. Uh, Bournemouth won 1-1. There's been two draws. Palace have won one. At home to Grade Seaside, again, Bournemouth's record, 1-2, drawn six, lost two. So the draw bias is huge. They'll come for 2-1 defeat away at Liverpool. Crystal Palace away at grade D size. They perform quite well here. They won seven, drawn two, lost one. Come off a one 0 victory at home to Watford. Bournemouth only lost one of their last five home matches, so they've, they've been fairly resilient at home. Palace won their last three Premier League matches, so they left in in good form. C against D, one hundred and seventy three matches, forty nine home wins, fifty three draws, seventy one away wins. The values with Palace as as always <laughs> away from home, but I, I'm not going to back them this time. I don't think there's enough <clears> there. I, I think actually Bournemouth might could be motivated for this
1: game. Yeah, again, it all comes down, doesn't it, Pete, to that motivation factor. Until we actually see the teams step onto the field, who knows what we're going to see? Because I was going slightly off tangent here. I was really impressed with what I saw by Aston Villa last night. Now, if Bournemouth come out with the same sort of levels of intensity and pace to the game that Villa do, then there's no reason why Bournemouth won't win this game. The other thing that we have to factor in here, this game's going to be live on BBC. It's the first free-to-air terrestrial TV game that's ever been shown from the Premier League in the UK. The audience is going to be huge across the world. That, in turn, will make this uh, a huge betting game. So you will get a lot of liquidity in this game if you want to bet either pre-game or in-game. I have no idea, Pete, what's going to happen in this game. I'll be honest. I I don't know... If Roy Hodgson will still be able to get that same level of intensity from his players in an empty ground, because I know full well he uses the home crowd to get behind his team. Away from home, Palace love to play on the uncertainty of the home crowd by slowing the game down. So until I see Palace in an empty ground, I'm going to keep well away.
0: Newcastle-Sheffield United next at home to Grade Seasides. Newcastle's record reads 1-5, drawn one, lost four, and they come for a 1-0 uh, victory away at Southampton. Sheffield United away at Grade Seasides, 1-2, drawn two, lost north, coming off the 0-0 draw against Villa last night. Newcastle, they've only won one of the last five home matches. Not great form, really. Sheffield United lost just one of their last eight Premier League matches. And indeed, I, I, I'm fairly impressed with Sheffield United. You know, yesterday, I thought, I thought Villa you know, sort of a reasonable chance. C against C, 359 matches, 153 home wins, 97 draws, 109 away wins. My ratings are suggesting value Newcastle plus a quarter of a goal. And indeed, you just, I don't think you, as impressed as I am with Sheffield United, I I can't see them, you know, minus a quarter of a goal away from home against a a similar, I would say a similar opposition. But again, I couldn't uh, back Newcastle here because I think, I th- I just
1: think, you know, they're Sheffield United are resilient. So, no bet for me. As you quite rightly say, Pete, Sheffield United are very resilient. They're very organised. And my final sort of ending of this kind of fits in with what you just said there. Given Sheffield United's lack of goals on the road, and to be honest, in general, I can't support them as a, as a road favourite. I mean, I don't think they'll lose this game. But the fact that they hardly ever, if ever, score more than one goal away from home would just stop me from backing them. Now, the thing that makes me think that they probably will win this game is that I don't think they played very well against Aston Villa, yet they should have won the game. I mean, if the blooming VAR wasn't adopting the two metre rule like everybody else in the population has been doing, I I mean, I honestly don't know what was going on there. I don't know why VAR didn't get involved. I don't know what the linesman was doing. I mean, we just a slave to technology now. And if that fails us, then teams like Sheffield United get robbed of goals. Um, Newcastle, it's the first game, obviously, since the resumption of play. We don't know what to expect from them. They're usually cheered on incredibly well by the home crowd. How's that going to affect them, the lack of a a crowd at St James's Park? Sheffield United should, in theory, be a lot sharper for the run out that they had a lean to Sheffield United, possibly even a decision to back them outright rather than taking the minus a quarter of a goal. But in reality, I'm going to keep well away.
0: Villa against Chelsea next. Uh, Villa have won the early meetings at, at Villa Park in the last five seasons. Uh, sorry, Chelsea. Have, I've... Yes, Chelsea have won the only meeting between the two sides at Villa Park. Villa uh, at home to grade uh, B sides, not great. 1-0, drawn two, lost seven, of which five of the seven will buy two or more goals. They're coming off that 0-0 draw at home to Sheffield United. Chelsea are white, grade D sides, good record, but they've won eight, but only one of the eight victories will buy two or more goals. Drawn two, lost none, come off a 4-0 victory at home to Everton. Villa very mixed home form this season: one five drawn three lost six. Chelsea drawn three of their last four away. Grade D against Grade B: hundred and two matches, sixteen home wins, twenty six draws, sixty away wins of which thirty one were by two or more goals. My ratings are suggesting there's some decent value Villa here, but I, I just I just look at their form against the, these better sides.
1: I think Chelsea will win. I'm not hundred percent sure they'll cover the line though. The interesting thing is that I've already said earlier in the podcast that I was really quite impressed by Villa against Sheffield United in terms of the energy and the pace in which they played. I never thought they were going to score, though, Pete. No. Which which is a bit of a worry, really. If if you want to back a team and you say how well they played, but oh, but by the way, uh, they were never going to score if they'd stayed there all night. If Chelsea come quick out the gate in this game, they're going to take three points. They'll be far more destructive in the final third than Sheffield United were in midweek. And they won't be relying on VAR working because they'll put the ball in the back of the net through open play. Villa did look more resilient from a defensive perspective. But then you have to gauge that against the opposition that they were playing against. The thing, though, on this goal line of minus one, if Villa score in this game... I wouldn't expect or even think Chelsea would cover this line fully, this minus one line, because you have to expect a little bit of rustiness in the final third. It's far easier to defend when you're not match fit than attack and create. You can just lump the ball away. Whereas in the final third, from an attacking perspective, you have to have a little bit more guile and creativity. With that in mind, I'm going to lean slightly to the under three goals here. I mean, Chelsea, if they ease their way back into the game, they're not going to cover this one-goal line.
0: Next up, Everton-Liverpool. Uh, recent head-to-heads draw bias. Everton won 0 there's been four draws. Liverpool and one, 1-1. One. I think, though, this is a different game. I mean, the the, the crowd could, could play a part here. Everton at home to grade A, sides 1-1, one, one, drawn two, lost four, coming off a 4 nil defeat away at Chelsea. Liverpool at white, grade C, sides 1-8, drawn to lost naught, of which four of the eight victories were by two or more goals. They cut off a two-one victory at home to Bournemouth. Everton they've just lost one of their last ten home matches. So they're in some good form. Obviously Ancelotti, great manager. Things could things could look up for Everton, I think, going forward. Liverpool won eight of the last nine away. 69 C against A. 69 matches, four home wins, ten draws, 55 away wins, of which 37 were by two or more goals. There is only
1: one team that's going to win this, and that's Liverpool. Fully agree, Pete. And I mean, let's be honest. Everton have a huge home advantage at Goodison Park. It's one of the one of the biggest advantages in world football. I would say almost. It's a red hot cauldron of an atmosphere when the Everton fans get behind their players. Yet they still hardly beat Liverpool in front of their own crowd in normal times. So now we're going into a sterile environment, a training ground-type atmosphere, non-contact, you're not having the crowd roaring the home players into tackles, trying to get in the Liverpool players' faces. This is These are as close to certainties this weekend as you can find. I almost think Liverpool are more likely to beat Everton than Man City are to beat Burnley, to be honest. I think on the outright, currently 1.65 is available on Betfair. I think that's an incredible price on Liverpool, Pete. I mean, I honestly, it's always dangerous to say this. I don't know how they don't win this. No,
0: I don't either. Yeah. It, they're, 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 they're going to have the bit between the teeth. They have to win this, don't they? they they've got to get those points... And they yeah. won't they won't hold up, I don't think.
1: No, and they want to do it as quickly as possible. And yeah, it'll it'll just they'll steamroll of them, I think. Yeah. Man City against
0: Burnley next. Uh Man City have won all three meetings at home to great seasides. Uh interesting this uh, Man City have won eight, drawn one, lost one, but only one of the eight victories has been by three or more goals. Uh, They're coming off, obviously, that 3-0 victory at home to Arsenal. Burnley against grade A sides, 1-0 draw, 0 lost six. Three of the six uh, defeats were by three or more goals. They're coming for 1-0 draw at home to Spurs. City, they won five of their last six. Burnley, unbeaten in seven. That's incredible, isn't it? Burnley, unbeaten in seven. They must have been really disappointed that the season ended.
1: Been Uh, unbeaten for five months, Pete.
0: Yeah, (laughs) A against C. (laughs) 69 matches, 24 home wins, 15. Uh, sorry, no. 24 victories by three or more goals, 15 uh, by two, and 30 other. I, I, I despite those facts, uh, I think there's some good value here,
1: Burnley. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to back City minus two and a half, but if Pep Guardiola was a little bit disappointed. By his first half showing against Arsenal the other night, and he demands that they hit the ground running uh, against Burnley, and they score early. This could be quite a tough night for Burnley because City players, as anybody who played last night, will be they'll be a bit sharper than their opponents. They will have that little edge in match fitness. They're by far the superior side. They got all 16 players onto the pitch that they could, mainly in attacking areas. They're going to be sharp for this game, City. And will Burnley be looking ahead to fixtures further down the line? If if Sean Dice is thinking like I am, maybe he plays his, his, his best team for an hour and then he takes all five substitutes in one go almost and, and just freshens it up. I, I, it, it's City or pass for me, Pete, even though it's minus two and a half.
0: Right. Let's finalise this up then. I'm going to go Spurs plus a quarter. I think that that line move has swayed me. Uh, I, I just can't. It's a good. I think that's a good value bet. I've got to go Liverpool, and I'm going to go Liverpool minus one. I know I, I agree with you. One point six six five is a good bet. There's no question about that. But I would rather take a, a little bit, you know, uh, of the minus one goal, and Burnley plus two and a half.
1: I'm going to go under two and a half goals in Tottenham v Man United and hope Tottenham win 1-0, Pete. So, we both cash. And I'm going to take the yes on both teams to score. Brighton against Arsenal. You can bet that at 1.75 with bet 365. And uh, I'm not going to put this forward as a selection. But, as you say, Liverpool at 1.65 on Betfair to beat Everton. I mean, looking
0: at it, uh, Liverpool. If they win, well, they they if they win the next two games, they're champions, aren't they?
1: Yes. Yeah. They'll they'll want to get it done as quickly as possible. Yeah.
0: I was just looking at the Champions League. I know that the the lines are not re- sorry the 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 odds aren't really forming yet, but I think I don't know whether you know, it's Bayern Munich are now joint favourites with Manchester City.
1: Doesn't surprise me given no. the,
0: the way they've been playing. Yeah, and, and I think they're, they're they're going to be hardened, and they'll have a little bit of rest before that August tournament. I think they could be a good bet there, Bayern Munich.
1: Yeah, and I think that's obviously why they've shortened so much, isn't it? All the stars seem to be aligning. Yeah, for them, for all yeah. the cards to be stacked in their favour. Yeah, they,
0: they, they look battle hardened, but as as somebody pointed out yesterday, well, we've only just restarted, and and you know, there's there's a fair few games to go yet. Definitely. It's
1: going to be good fun for cry. We're going to have to be putting some hours in, aren't we, Pete? Next oh, few yeah. Weeks. Crikey.
0: Well, our next podcast is going to be Tuesday, by the looks of it.
1: Lovely. Can't wait already. Yeah.
0: OK, then, everybody, uh, we shall speak to you Tuesday.
1: Best of luck, everybody.